May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be ever acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Scripture is filled with great, colorful characters. From Nicodemus to John the Baptist to the 12 disciples and Jesus' family, these characters provide life and color to the Gospels. We know them. We know their stories. We identify with some of them and hope to avoid being like some of the others. Yet, there is one character present in the four Gospels that I think is overlooked. The crowds that follow Jesus. Often, Jesus is trying to escape them. Christ feeds 5,000 because he goes to a remote, desolate place to get away, and the crowd manages to find him. After the feeding, he tries to escape to the other side of the Galilee, but they follow him anyway. They followed him because he healed the sick. They followed him because he performed miracles. They followed him from the Galilee to the Decapolis, from Jerusalem to Judea, and from beyond the Jordan. They came and brought their sick friends and family members to be healed. They came to listen to his teachings. The hordes of people that shadowed Jesus are a character in and of themselves. They challenge him, and they often serve as his conversation partner. The crowds are also a reflection of our own reaction to Jesus' teachings. So it's surprising, it's unsurprising, that the crowd reacts to Christ's words at times with confusion and even rejection. The crowd often misunderstands his parables. At times, they disagree with him or are astonished by what he says. They question him. Sometimes they get into fights among themselves because of him, but they are always there, a sounding board and a mirror image of ourselves. Today's reading, though, reverses the trend. The crowd actually deserts Christ because of his teaching. Christ, comparing himself to manna from heaven, tells his disciples that those who eat my flesh and drink my blood abide in me and I in them. Consume me, he says, and I become a part of you and you become a part of me. To the crowd, these words are appalling. So much so that several of his listeners simply turn and walk away. While these words may be familiar to us, to his listeners at the time, these words were deeply offensive. 
Leviticus contains detailed laws about how the Israelites were supposed to deal with blood. If anyone of the house of Israel or if the aliens who reside among them eats any blood, I will set my face against that person and I will cut that person off from the people. It's pretty clear. No exceptions. So the crowds discussed that Jesus' words wasn't trivial or abstract. His teaching directly contradicted deeply incorporated norms. The message made this group of people question whether they could follow a person who spoke blasphemy. Most leave, but some stay. I would think that the people who decided to stick around still felt the instinctual revulsion felt by the leavers, but there must have been some spark in them that made them recognize the transcendence of his words, a recognition that these words were not a replacement of the law, but a fulfillment. I ask myself, would I have stayed or would I have left? And in truth, it probably depends on the day. We are all, in a sense, captives to society and culture, and it takes a special kind of bravery to turn against the crowd and follow a different path. Yet, Jesus asks us to be brave by questioning our deepest assumptions, to be suspicious of the cacophony of voices that tells us we have to behave in a certain way to be saved, that we have to follow a specific set of rules to find holiness. The Christian life is much more challenging and confusing than that. It requires thoughtfulness, questioning, and struggle. Worse still, there are usually no clear answers. I've heard people say that you can find all answers for life's issues in the Bible, but I'm not so sure that's true. There's no table of context, contents, or index that gives us the perfect answer for how to handle a family member's cancer diagnosis, a job loss, bad news conflict this past week or any other challenges that we may face. If anything, Scripture presents more questions, more ambiguities. On the other hand, we can't just rely on our own experience or reason so often tainted with the same type of assumptions that cause some of Christ's disciples to turn away and go home. And if we only rely on tradition, we miss the spirit, 
which moves us to act with creativity and reveals new ways of following him. The Christian life, the life dedicated to staying with Jesus when others turn and go home, requires a balance of all these sources of authority, scripture, reason, tradition, experience. We follow the examples of the disciples that stuck with Christ when we respect tradition, but not so much that we ignore new life sprouting up all around us. We remain faithful to the word of God when we recognize that the Bible isn't a motorcycle manual for life. Instead, God chose to reveal himself to us through a collection of stories about us. A collection of stories that reflect the struggles and confusion that are a part of being human. We live a life of holiness when we take the time to struggle with our faith. When we respect God enough to think hard about him and test our own assumptions. The people who stayed with Jesus were just as scared, confused, and angry with him as the people who left. Following him doesn't mean giving up fear and doubt. The difference between the two groups, though, is that those who remained realized, at least on some level, that Jesus wasn't promising a simple, easy lesson that would fit nicely on a desk plaque or a motivational poster. Instead, Christ speaks raw truth to us. He doesn't make false promises of happiness and prosperity. He doesn't tell us that his path is the easiest way. What he does promise is fullness. He promises hope in the face of a life as it is actually lived, full of joy and trust, fear, and doubt.